We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, 7-11-2023, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by today, filling in for Carl Dummler, Lance Anderson. Lance, how you doing, bud? It's been a few months uh, since we've got a chance to hang out, but, uh, you know, thank you so much for filling in today when Scott and Carl are both leaving me hanging. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just a pleasure to be able to get outside of the the typical ones and twos of the conversation and get into a another conversation with you. Like you said, you know, it's been since the NFL draft since we got a chance to chop it up. So I'm glad that you chose me to come in and uh, and join you here on a wonderful Tuesday evening, man. How you doing? I am doing pretty well, getting a little bit uh, excited, like a little bit of nervous butterflies. I'm going to try to summit uh, Mount Adams this weekend, which is a pretty nice. darn tough hike um completely exposed the entire time uh but i'm excited i'll be doing some glissading with like an ice axe you know a little uh kind of like a an alpine uh sledding right down the the luge the luge uh shoots but should be pretty darn fun assuming i can make it to the top weather looks good so but a little nervousness just because you know it's totally uh it's going from hardcore hiking to legit mountaineering you know what, man? I don't want to hear anything about legit mountaineering and legit hardcore hardcore hiking. Come hunting with me sometime, and I'll show you some badass country. Let's go. I'm I'm here for this. Let's go. I have a buddy out here who is all about the elk and bear hunting, and he's mm-hmm. got a few black bears, and like you know, I have to butcher it in the field and stuff. And it's like, you know what? I, I just I, I saw the pelt, and it just makes me sad because they're so cute. I just like play with the paws and stuff. Like fish, I can out there, you know, doing whatever fish, eating the fish. I like I have a hard time with the mammals, uh, but. That said, that same buddy I went up to his place recently, and he, and he had uh, elk sausage on pizza. That was pretty darn good. So you know, yes, so I didn't see how the sausage was made. Is the thing. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I I definitely appreciate it, especially if you are um, very thorough and using the entire animal, which I know that we've talked about it. You are so yes, awesome, and you go through the right channels to do it as well. So back to the reality here, <laughs> building the Broncos today. Uh, Lance today was just kind uh, kind enough to uh, come up with a topic. We're going to talk about some moves that a uh, current general manager for the Denver Broncos, George Payton, could do that could protect him uh, going forward, and some moves that in the past maybe are going to put him on the hot uh, the hot seat and make his position 
less certain uh, in the future. So we'll see what happens here. We'll talk about this conversation. If you guys are joining us tonight, make sure you click the thumbs up on the way in. Please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. And uh, yeah, let's say hello to some people in the chat before we start getting into this topic. Kevin Gray's in the house saying, evening, Nick and Carl. It's Luke, but that's okay. You, all right, it's uh, Lance, but that's okay. You didn't know. Uh, big mile high salute to Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's always good to see you. Kevin also says, I like George Payton. I believe he had a lot of agreement when we got Russ and the Penners paid him. So, yes, the Penners did pay him, and uh, he had a lot of agreement in that decision. But it's unfortunately for a general manager, sometimes you can have good process, but in the end, it's about the results. You got to be able to bat above average to keep your job, right? So, a lot of people, I think I would have probably made that same move. I would be applauded at the time. I know I did. Uh, but in hindsight, if I made that move and it went as poorly as it did last season, I should be getting criticism and heat and my job mm -hmm. should not be a certainty, uh, going forward. So that's kind of where we're at with that move, but we'll see. Maybe this, uh, maybe this move for Sean Payton can salvage, uh, the Russell Wilson trade, so to speak. Yeah. I, th I think the big thing here is trading for Russell Wilson should be a positive for, for George Payton, because you go back to the, the time when. And he actually made that move. Did anybody think that it was going to be as bad as it turned out to be? I mean, yeah, you gave up two first round picks, two second round picks, and then signed him to a massive deal. That's actually a net negative to me for him. But Russell Wilson at the time, nine out of 10 seasons was a pro bowler. He was a, a guy that everyone was super excited about. And then come to find out it was the literal worst situation the Broncos have seen at the quarterback position since Probably Peyton Manning fell off in 2015 with, with the injury that he suffered, the plantar fasciitis, fasciitis he had thrown, what, 17 interceptions in nine games coming back after that Brock Osweiler. Broncos ended up winning the Super Bowl that year because they had a legitimate historic defense. But Russell Wilson this last season, nobody ever saw that coming. You can't blame George Payton for making that move when he did it because at the time, everyone lauded him for being bold enough to go and get a guy like Russell Wilson who – everyone thought was going to be the, the next franchise quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So uh, it, it's a, it's a, a hit and miss with me on this conversation. I think the extension with the Penners at, after the fact, after the trade, that's the big negative there because you put the Broncos in a financial hole moving forward, but going out and getting Russell Wilson, that is a move. If, if Russell Wilson does play well this season is a net positive for George Payton. It should help save his job. I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit on this one, Lance. I appreciate, okay. I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, but as the general manager, there's definitely people, especially those that I really respect covering the Seahawks saying, mm -hmm. waving the red flag saying like, there are signs here for concern with Russell Wilson going forward with the way the NFL defenses are trending right now, which with much more uh, matched quarters, taking away the deep plays and mm -hmm. uh, just some concerns about what Russell Wilson wanted to be. And we kind of saw everything manifest last season. And again, from where we sit, the information that we had, us not being the general manager, um, we I would have made the move and I would be taking heat for it right now. But I do think that just like in the draft or in, in free agency or anything, you need the general manager to hit above average consistently to keep their job. And that was a move that I think we all applauded at the time. But in hindsight there, I think there are warning flags uh, with mm -hmm. that. So I get it all the way. I also, I am curious and we'll never know this for sure. Maybe, well, not never know this, but we don't know this right now. I wonder if the transition of the team ownership power uh, resulted in the delay in the contract. I wonder if there's a contract that was almost always going to happen in agreement with the trade, but the timeline was just delayed because of the official move of the Broncos ownership from 
the trust group to the Penners. So maybe we'll know that later on, uh, but I am, we'll be curious to see how that plays out because that was one that you made the trade. That's fine. Now it's the trade sunk cost, but the big contract that, and the, what is it? $37 million roster bonus that kicks in on the fifth mm-hmm. league day next year. Woof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a one that is concerning. So we'll see uh, how that plays out, but definitely a lot of things that George Payton has done well as well. And things that we can criticize him on in his rather short tenure in Denver so far. Troy Bauer yeah. coming in here, 999. This is Troy's second 999 super today. So God bless you, Troy. We really do appreciate you coming in and supporting so the Troy. show. Uh, this is the uh, hashtag dog vet fund uh, going on here today with Troy with the uh, the dog picture here. So, uh, hey, guys, says Troy. I would say if his waiting uh, to trade wide receivers gets more value in return later, his stock will rise. Have a great show. This is Troy commenting on George Payton's stock uh, being better, holding on to the wide receivers that the Broncos were reportedly heavily taking calls on this offseason. Not, they wouldn't say shopping <laughs> per se, but uh, there's a lot of rumors that Judy and Sutton specifically were at least having the temperature taken on, on what the market would be. And it sounded like Judy, they were hoping for a first round pick early second. And for Sutton mm-hmm. kind of a mid two to mid three market wasn't there for either of them. They kept them. Maybe later on, they get better value for them, better offenses season, uh, more health. Maybe Judy's starting to emerge. Uh, so I think that not selling low on those guys in general, we'll see what happens with the stock on the trade, but not selling low on those guys to begin with is a stock up for me, uh, for George Payton. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and guys, I I, I got to apologize. I, I I teased a couple of articles that I was trying to do on Friday, and been having some uh, some health issues, personal health issues that I haven't actually gotten a chance to do that. But this was actually one of the uh, one of the moves that I thought was of the five worst that George Payton made. I'm going to go back before even the trades happened. Let's go to paying both of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick the contracts that they got at the time that they got them, um, knowing that you have. Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler both on the roster and you, you decide to go out and pay Cortland Sutton, what, $16 million a season, uh, Tim Patrick, 11 and a half, I think is what it was on his total deal. 
that was a move that was very widely criticized. It was supposed to be kind of one or the other. And now look at where we're at. The Broncos have the number one overall wide receiver room in the NFL in terms of total uh, total money spent uh, against the salary cap this season at $44 million this year. And since 2020, that's the year after the year that Colton Sutton tore his ACL. None of these wide receivers on this roster have had a single 1,000 yard season. And you have this much value wrapped up in the wide receiver room. Again, like it goes back to the hindsight of the conversation. When you look at it, Cortland Sutton and Tim and Tim Patrick, when they got those guys signed, right after that, Christian Kirk signed for twenty million dollars to go and play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looked like incredible value. Like it looked like a great move. When you bring it all full circle, and just the the the, the quarterback play over the the course of the. the um, the last five seasons of the Denver Broncos, uh, not necessarily that that's a, a problem for George Payton, but you don't go out there and sign guys to that kind of contract value when you have young guys up on the roster and you still need to figure out a way to then extend Russell Wilson. It's all like a multifaceted layer conversation here. And signing Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton to deals at the same time, literally like four days apart from each other, that's a bad move by George Payton. Yeah, in hindsight, it hasn't worked out. I mean, who knows what the trajectory looks like if Cortland Sutton doesn't get injured uh, making a play on that Drew Locke uh, interception against Pittsburgh or Tim Patrick getting injured last year. You never know. The injuries suck, but that's part of the game as well, and that's some of the risk you run. So big years for both of them. Uh, luckily, both those contracts are set up in a way that if those guys don't emerge this year, they are extremely easy to move on from. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, in hindsight, right now, as you mentioned, the number one paid wide receiver room this season uh, does not look great. I mean, they're probably a bottom 15 room right now in terms of production. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see what it looks like again. Maybe how much was Russell Wilson, the play calling last season, who knows? Uh, but this is going to be a bleeper get off the pot year for almost every single person <laughs> on the offensive yep. side of the ball. So going to be interesting to see my guests is in the house. What's up, Nick and Lance and Scott and Dylan and Broncos country. Not too much. We're just hanging out and talking ball. If you guys got any questions, hit us up in the chat. Dylan Von Arks in the hay of the Notorious DVA saying, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much, Dylan. We appreciate you. David Youngkin coming in here saying, everybody's expendable except Sean Payton. If Russ blows, it is the first two games. He won't play again, and I can see George Payton leaving after this season. I'm. This is definitely a big season for George Payton. Uh, it, mm -hmm. He could easily be gone. Honestly, there was some concern, not concern, but some thoughts that maybe he wouldn't even make it to this point uh, this season. So he's going to be there. He had that really good 2021 draft, 2022, not as good 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll find out, but he was aggressive this season. I think they went out and got uh, Sean Payton guys that he wanted and make no mistake about it. This is Sean Payton's team. Now, hopefully you can, that's okay for George Payton. And uh, he can also really use his work as a scout to, you know, really work the like round three through seven of the draft in the UDFA process. That's where George Payton, I think moves that can save his job. It's that scout ability in him. Broncos are probably going to be working, especially going forward lesser in the salary cap department. I mean, you even heard, I think George Payton talk about it, or maybe it was Sean Payton in the off season mentioning that uh, this was kind of an aberration of a year because they didn't have the draft pick. So they had to overspend. It won't be like that next year. Uh, and that's where you're, you know, rounds three through seven and UDFAs, the scouting stuff is going to really have to show out for uh, George Payton. And that honestly starts with this crop right now. Yeah, just you're absolutely correct. Yep. You're, you're absolutely correct on this. And 
this this is one of the, the the five best moves that I can see for George Payton to keep his job moving forward is number one, doing everything that Sean Payton wants you to do, finding the guys that you that fits exactly what Sean Payton wants to bring to this roster because it's pretty easy to see what is happening here in Denver. It it may not be like completely telegraphed by uh, um, by all stretching imagination, but you can tell that Sean Payton is the one that's pulling the strings of Sean uh, of George Payton, the 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 puppet down on the bottom side of those strings. You're you're bringing in guys like Ben Powers. You're bringing in guys like Mike McGlinchey, guys that are road graders in the running game. We're trying to run the football. Bring in Samaj P. Ryan, who's a great power runner. You go out and you draft a guy like Alex Forsyth, who is a great power blocker in the running game, has some mobility, great strength in the upper half. Probably drafted a lot lower than where he should have been. Eric and I have had this conversation multiple times on Del Valley Deep Divers. The injury concerns that he had made him fall. He didn't participate in the uh, in the pre-draft process, and that's just a big negative for most NFL teams. But we're refocusing this team in Sean Payton's image, and George Payton needs to be the guy at the bottom, picking and choosing the guys to come in. We got Marvin Mims coming in here as that deep threat, a guy that can work the deep over, can work the, the intermediate level of the field. He's a, a super speedster, great route runner as well. But if George Payton is not going to go along with what Sean Payton wants the vision of this team to be, Sean George Payton's going to be out. Like Just plain and simple. This is the last season for George Payton to do exactly what Sean Payton wants to do, re-image this team in Sean Payton's vision, and then move forward from there. Like That's, that's the number one thing that George Payton can do to keep his job. I am curious how much of a yes man Sean Payton wants, or if he wants somebody that's going to push him a little bit as well. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. I think there's probably feeling out that relationship right now. Maybe there's a few players in the UDFAs or contracts, or even just the draft in general that George mm-hmm. Payton advocated for strongly and how that turns out uh, is probably going to be a big indicator as well. So not just in my opinion, purely a yes man, but the areas where there were uh push against seeing how that plays out. Cause I think that Sean Payton, you know, just, he probably wouldn't get where he is uh, without the ability to take some, feedback and not criticism per se, but just taking in others opinions as well. But I, again, it is, this is Sean Payton's team. It's the Penner's team, uh, but it is the Sean Payton's cultivation so, of the, the roster. So my, my question to you, Nick, is when you look back at the, uh, the New Orleans saints before Sean Payton decided to retire, uh, what was your opinion of Mickey Loomis in terms of what, like his scouting prowess, his ability to create and be like super creative with contracts and stuff like that. Was that more of a Sean Payton yes man, or was that a collaboration between the two of those guys? Because that's where I think we're going to find the interesting dichotomy of Mickey Loomis, I think is, is an okay scout. I think he does a good job identifying talent, but George Payton grew up as a scout. He, he worked from like the 1994 or whatever the hell season it was with the Miami dolphins working up with Rick Spielman as a scout he's one of the most well-respected scouting guys in the NFL in terms of finding talent and bringing talent that actually can make NFL rosters. I don't know enough about Mickey Loomis to, to know about that, but I do know the financial side of Mickey Loomis and him being able to be creative with his contracts really helped Sean Payton in terms of finding talent, rebuilding the roster and still being able to retool it while still remaining in cap hell. At least the Broncos are not in cap hell like the saints are. I mean, next year, what are they going to be like negative 30 million against the cap uh, to start the year? So cap Hill is upon us. It depends. It it depends on what the Russell Wilson situation is. Yeah. And Justin Simmons contract, uh, Garrett Mm -hmm. Bowles contract, the Tim Patrick, Mm -hmm. Cortland Sutton. But as it stands, maybe approaching cap hell (laughs) here soon. 
Uh, the name I'd keep it, continue to keep an eye on. If you talk about, I think the Mickey Loomis stuff, I think it was a mutual relationship there. Sean Payton still had the power, but I think there was enough respect and uh, collaboration mm-hmm. there uh, that it was both of them. But I'm keeping an eye up the George Payton uh, train comes off the tracks here. Jeff Ireland uh, has been with the saints, I believe mm-hmm. seven seasons VP yep. uh, assistant general manager, college personnel, somebody that uh, Sean Payton worked with a lot out there in new Orleans. So Jeff Ireland, a name to keep a keep in the back of your mind. We'll see if mm-hmm. it comes to fruition though this season, but that's a name that just, it makes a lot of sense. If things do kind of fall apart this year, not falling apart. The comment section still killing it. We got NN Nathan Noble coming in here. Sup y'all. Good to see you. Mike S. Good to see you. Zach Powers with us in the morning, with us in the evening. Good to see you, Zach. Hope you're doing well. Got our guy, Michael Ronquillo, right? Michael's just a godly on Facebook coming in here with all the support all the time. Thank you so much, oh, Michael, yeah. out there in Phoenix. Is it, is it Phoenix? I, for Tucson. Some reason, I'm brain- Tucson. Tucson. Okay, that's it. There we go. Tucson, Arizona. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate that. We got Zach coming in again saying like what Peyton has done on the contract side and him running a tight lipped organization. Not the biggest fan of personal side though, other than the PS2 pick. He had a really pretty solid 2021 draft class. I mean, Javante Williams injury, just really bad luck. And that's one of the reasons you don't trade up for running back, but I don't have any issue taking one in the second round. Uh, some injury like Baron Browning as well, but like Caden Stern's been injured. It's just, it's been, it's really almost hard to judge him for some of these guys because they've been players that haven't had injury history. Baron Browning mm-hmm. did, but like a lot of those guys didn't. And then they come to the Broncos and they did. So hopefully this season things normalize a little bit on that side. And we can get a better idea. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting season. A lot of those guys, the UDFAs, the draft class, they're going to have to hit above average this season. That's one of the reasons that a five, what was it? A five player draft class, six player draft class is so hard because you're not going to hit on all six. So that's one reason a lot of teams like the, more shotgun approach. You don't want to have only day three picks mm-hmm. and have 20 of them, but still only five is uh really narrows your landing strip, uh, the runway to hit on a draft class. So it's going to be a big mm-hmm. one for him. And uh, hopefully that UDFA class specifically uh, can find some gems. Roy Osborne. Good evening, Lance and Nick. I'll go hunting anytime with you. That's more Lance so, thing, but hit him up on Twitter. That's his guy. <laughs> All out there. I'm going to be out in Idaho doing fishing, but I'll, if I see any good elk out there in the sawtooth, I'll, I'll send him your way, Lance. <laughs> Christiana. <Please do. laughs> <laughs> Christiana, good evening, Nick, Lance, and Broncos Country. Let's go. Thank you so much. David McElrath, Papa Bear, good to see you. Good What's evening, up, Broncos Country. Nick, Lance, Dylan, 17 days until training camp. MHH for life. Buckum, buckum, buckum. And Denver Broncos for life. Great to see you, David. Thank you so much for the $5 super. You are incredible, and we appreciate the heck out of it. Michael also coming back in. Maha Huddle podcasts are awesome with different voices covering the Denver Broncos for Broncos Country. Go Broncos and Buckum. Thank you so much, Michael. Greg Smith, good evening. Cristiano coming in. For immediate improvement, Peyton should target talent on the defensive line, free agent talent on the defensive line, center edge, and Dalvin Cook. For future purposes, he should try to get a find a future star quarterback in round two or later. Good luck. Um, and uh, in next year's draft. So I guess, I mean, we don't want to get too far down the rails. This does look like it's going to be a pretty deep upcoming quarterback class, uh, which mm-hmm. should help the Broncos out if they are looking to at least bring somebody in. Uh, but the historical data, specifically in the last 10 years, for finding quarterbacks out, good quarterbacks outside of the first round is pretty darn uh, slim. <laughs> so I don't know about round two or later, but that's definitely a big one as well. I want to focus, though, on the first part of this comment uh, from Cristiano. Peyton should target free agents and defensive line center and edge and Dalvin Cook. Lance, do you agree with this comment? And how would you prioritize this? Because I got to say, I do not think the Broncos have the financial flexibility. Uh, to make all of these signings come true. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, you're you're probably not gonna get all all of them signed. Um I, I'm curious. I I need to go dive through the, the free agency book, but specifically to Dalvin Cook at the running back position, I think that the Broncos need to go and find somebody to, to fill in there. Um, the guy that I really have my eyes on is Kareem Hunt, based on the Broncos cap space that they have right now, the need that they have, um, specifically with what Sean Payton likes to do with his running backs. He, he wants guys that are good out of the backfield. He wants them to be good specifically on all three downs, but especially good in pass protection and out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, and while Dalvin Cook is – the, the prime commodity on the open roster. I think there's some talent left with Kareem Hunt that he can come in and just kind of right the ship a little bit with Samaj P. Ryan. There's some similar skill sets there. They, they both work well out of the backfield as pass protectors and, and as, uh, as receivers as well. But Kareem Hunt has that first down ability that I'm not sure that we, that we have with Samaj P. Ryan right now. They need a guy that can run between the tackles and just be a consistent force running the football between the tackles. And Kareem Hunt, he, he's lost a step as a runner, but he's got great patience. He's got great vision. He does really well, especially in outside and inside zone schemes. Uh, and I think that with, with Sean Payton, you may not see a whole lot of the, the outside zone, but you're going to see inside zone where he's going to attack guards. He's going to bring the center up to the middle of the field, make the make the running back pick and choose where the linebacker is going to go and then cut off of that. And Kareem Hunt has enough burst and ability with that, with that lateral cutting ability to be effective in the inside zone game that Sean Payton really likes to run. So that to me is the guy that I really want to see the Broncos go and get. Uh, defensive line, uh, I know Eric's shouted out Matt Ioannidis a lot. Um, and for center, the guy that I wanted just retired the other day in Chase Rullier. So uh, hopefully Austin Forsyth is good enough to take on uh, Lloyd Cushenberry and, and actually win that job because I, it's time to move up, move on from, from Big Lloyd. It really is. He's been an abject disaster ever since the Broncos drafted the third round in 2019. Yeah, I am curious if the Broncos were going to sign Kareem Hunt. I wonder if they would have already. I don't know what he's holding out for uh, financially, but the fact that you have Lou Iania in here, I'm, I'm definitely butchering the name, but uh, the Broncos' new running back coach was literally the coach who coached his position and recruited him at Toledo. And the fact that the Broncos haven't made that move yet makes me wonder if the Broncos are not as in on him. Uh, but it could also just be a financial thing and the elephant in the room, Javante Williams' health, saying he's healthy. Um, if he's healthy, then maybe you don't have to be so... Uh, forward with that running back spot. But uh, for me, it is defensive line is my number one. I don't know what there is so much on center. I think you already made your splash at edge, but getting another competent body in there on the defensive line. Uh, you're, we're kind of waiting on last year's draft class uh, to see what uh, a Wuzurike and a Hennessing can do out there. Mm -hmm. Hennessy, excuse me. Um, but uh, those are, we'll see. Uh, those are some big moves. We'll see if that can happen though for the Broncos in uh, free agency, but probably post training camp when the rosters are kind of cut down when you'll see, a move like that made Facebook user coming in. Not sure who this is, but uh howdy men. Howdy to you. Facebook user Broncos are finally going to be on the rise again this season. I sense it. I hope so. What was it? Five wins last season. Not uh you better rise a little bit from there. Otherwise heads will roll. Um, and it won't be Sean Payton's, but a lot of other ones will. And probably mm -hmm. the guy we're talking about a lot today. So we'll be interesting to see uh, what happens here. 
We got Jeff Noise coming in here saying hello, up, everyone. Jeff? Good to see you. I definitely love Jeff. We got Keith coming in saying, my favorite MHH host paired up. Keith, you're going to make us blush. Hey, hey. Thank you so much. I must be dreaming. Well, we appreciate that, Keith. Keith's a great guy, so we appreciate you coming in and gassing us up a little bit. Hope you're doing well, Keith. Appreciate you coming in this morning as well. Dom Harmio saying good evening. Lance, Nick, Scott, and Broncos country. Good to see you, Dom. He's the one who's out there in Albuquerque, and he's uh, out there in Albuquerque. He knows a thing or two about you know bright colors, right? They have all the kind of gemstones and stuff, and uh, very nice wall colors. Lance, so yeah, you definitely... I mean, I really appreciate that you went with the uh, the old school, more 80s uh, style stripe yeah. there. Not that navy blue. I know I got the the old school logo here at Super Bowl 50. So that's fine. Not the old school, but the new school, hopefully soon old school logo. But I appreciate the color scheme uh, going with a little bit more of the, the Elway so, throwback style. Quickly, there you go. If, you, if you look, I've got the, the orange wall attached to it with the, the old school Denver Broncos uh, D logo on the other wall as well. So, uh, yeah, it, for, for those listen, listening after the fact uh, on the podcast, I do apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, the office got a makeover, and my wife did an amazing job. She helped me do a lot of it, like 90% of it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, and thank you for the comment. We appreciate that, Dom. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dom. Uh, good. I really like it too, Lance. So good on you. I'm I'm in a rental, so I can't really uh, go so crazy. <laughs> also, I got this kind of baby food yellow going on, but I uh, put up some hats and stuff, and we we make the best of it. Yeah. Speaking of the best of it, Heath comes in and talks about uh, me running solo this morning, saying <laughs> realized that I was going to be on myself tonight. Thank goodness, Lance is hanging out with me as well. Uh, said he should swing by and give a comment. Well, I appreciate you listening after the fact, uh, Heath, uh, but also coming in and saying hello now. So. Uh, not alone, though. Shout out to Lance for coming in, even though he is dealing with a lot of stuff uh, in his life right now. So good vibes <laughs> to Lance. And uh, thank you so much for coming in here. Lawrence Rivera, also one of our big time Facebook uh, contributors, says, guess who's back? But I honestly guess who's back. But I honestly don't think we should be eyeing playoffs when I really think about it. We are now so we are so new. Sean don't even have an identity with his team yet. He still has to establish that. I think the identity is going to be pretty obvious pretty early and i think you can just look at the moves the broncos made this offseason this is going to be a physical football team uh that is probably going to be pretty balanced in their attack uh, i think it was a really interesting quote from sean payton in the with uh mark schlereth talking about how last season russell wilson was not in a very good offense that for what he does well it was an offense that quite frankly for stuff that he struggles with and uh this season they're going to be a little bit more ground and pound and hopefully work that play action game to set up those those home run balls uh, so I think that the identity seems pretty straightforward from forward to me right now on offense, big physical on the offensive line, punch in the mouth run game, and hopefully some home run shots off of that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And like, like you said, you know, Mark Schlereth came out with, with it the best way. Last year with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, it was like this conglomeration of nonsense that made absolutely no sense to everybody included. And that goes back to the comments that Tim Patrick made in the very beginning of training camp, this offense is incredibly complicated. It's something ne nobody's ever seen before. We're trying to learn with it on the fly and it was never coached the right way, which was my number two reason why George Payton's on the hot seat coming into the season, hiring Nathaniel Hackett. There was no plan last season. There, like the, the plan was, I guess you could call it a plan, very limited contact, very limited football activities in training camp. We're going to go walkthroughs, very limited uh, physicality, and just try to create as much as we possibly can on the offensive side of the football and have zero identity. They wanted to run the football, or at least that's what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to do coming into the Tennessee Titans game. And then they started the game, what, 16 straight passing plays? 
so what what exactly are we trying to do here? I think that there's going to be a very established identity with this Broncos team moving forward. Sean Payton sees the dysfunction. He, he saw it and he's got it taken out of, of, of everything throughout the organization from the top down. Practices are very structured. They're very straightforward. They are very uh, to the point, I guess, is the way that I want to say that. And they're very uh, formal. They're, they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Old school, I guess, is the best way to say that. They're very old school. They're it, like, we are preparing to play football. We didn't do, you know, offensive installs and OTAs. We did strength conditioning and and running and lifting and, and all that kind of stuff. Sean Payton is coming in and is trying to create a smash mouth, tough football team. The moves that he made in free agency. George Payton is the guy pulling the like pulling the trigger on all these moves. Sean Payton's the guy up at the top pulling the strings and making George Payton do exactly what he wants him to do. This team is going to have an identity. It's going to be run the football, run the football. And then when you think we're done running the football, we're going to run the football again. And we're going to be tough. We're going to be physical defensively. We're going to be very aggressive defensively, bringing a lot of pressure, playing aggressive cover one, cover three, press man coverage on the defensive side of the football. And it's going to be a complete stark contrast from what we've seen from the last, what, three seasons going back to Vic Fangio days where everything's off and playing off and letting open spaces and trying to just make plays on the football. Hell no, that's not what we're doing. We're going to go grind your teeth into the goddamn ground. We're going to step on the back of your helmet, walk over the top of you and go make another play after the end of it. So that's what I think this team is going to look like moving forward. Physical, physical and old school and regimented yep. uh, training camps and OTA. So going to be fun to follow. Hopefully they can continue to stay healthy, but uh, we'll be, you know, keeping tabs on that. No doubt. Todd's in the house. Good to see you. Thanks for the hello. We got Michael coming in. One move George Payton did. I was not happy about is not re-signing Von Miller back with the Broncos after their trade to the Rams, helping them win the Super Bowl. I felt a little bit. I missed Von Miller too until I saw what the contract the Bills gave him was, and I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I get it. Uh, that's a, a lot of money. He's going to be getting, getting paid big money uh, for a long time. And for an older player, it's always a little bit concerning uh, when that happens. Lawrence comes in and says a move was uh, letting Philip Lindsay go. Philip Lindsay is available right now for anybody to sign him. So uh, if he was a hot commodity, maybe he'd be there. But uh, good, good guy. I'm well, um, hoping that uh, if he wants to play more, he can. That that wasn't John L. Or that wasn't uh, George Payton that let Philip Lindsay go. That was John Elway. I thought I, they rescinded. I thought they rescinded the uh, the restricted free agent on him, and then he walked to Houston. Yeah, and that that wasn't George Payton that did that. That was a John Elway move. I'd have to look it, that up for I, some reason. I, remember, I think it's George Payton. It, 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 that might be that weird mesh where John John Elway was still in the room, and Vic Fangio was yeah. kind of pulling the strings, and like the introduction to George Payton. But I, I don't think that that was a George Payton move. I th think that that was something that happened above their uh, above their head. I think that John Elway is the one that actually pulled the trigger on that move. Well, if Scott was here, I'd have him producing in the background and uh, fact check us on that. But we're going to rely on the comment section here while we run this live. Uh, but I remember when it happened, I was guiltily in line at a McDonald's drive through. Um, so I, I remember <laughs> when it was. I remember exactly where I was, but I don't remember who called that. But I'm calling Gary Palmer, 999, saying, hey, Nick and Lance. Good to see you. Good to see you, too, Gary. Thank you so much for that 999. He says, Denver Broncos for life in Buckham. Hope you're doing well. We appreciate that. Angel comes and says, I really like Kareem Hunt. I feel like he'd be perfect in the Sean Payton run screen. Uh, he would be good. And I see Todd coming in mentioning, what about Leonard Fournette? I saw that, I think it was PFF mentioned Leonard Fournette as the ideal signing for the Broncos. Uh, they did one for like every single team and listed Leonard Fournette. I think there's just so many running backs still available that you can slow play it. 
you don't have to rush out mm-hmm. there. We are all waiting to see what happens with Javante Williams. You want to see everybody, everybody can be healthy. Want to see what you have with Tyler Beatty and uh, Jaleel McLaughlin as well. So uh, I think you can slow play it. I mean, it's not just Fournette. It's Dalvin Cook is still out there. You still got, uh, of course, Ezekiel Elliott out there. You got Kareem Hunt out there. Well, I mean, just there's there's bodies still available. So I don't think you need to rush that position. And uh, when the time comes, we can make a more informed decision because we'll have more information on how uh, uh, Samaje P. Ryan's looking and how the health of Javante Williams is holding up. Yeah. I, Eric actually brought this up on Dove Valley Deep Divers on Friday. I'm going to kind of parrot his point a little bit. And it, it actually makes a lot of sense. And Nick, I know that you think that running backs don't matter much like linebackers don't matter. Like that, that's, that's kind of your shtick there. It's but, always uh, hyperbole, but there's a value. <laughs> there's a value. So what do you value at the running back position, given the landscape of the room as it stands right now? So with, with Javante Williams, you don't know exactly what he's going to be coming into this season. Everyone's like, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic now than I was a couple of months ago because he's out there, you know, running routes, what, 50% on Eric in OTAs. At least he's out there showing that he can move around. I still don't think he's going to be available in October, but regardless if he's there, the, the, the big question is his health. And then also you've got Samaj P. Ryan as the, the prize jewel, I guess, in air quotes of this, uh, this coaching scheme. They, they want, they, they want Samaj P. Ryan in the fold here. You've got Tony Jones Jr. Who's a, a former Sean Payton guy, special teams player, very powerful running, running back. Tyler Beatty, who's a, a very explosive running back, does a very good job catching the ball out of the backfield, decent pass protector. And then J- Jaleel McLaughlin, who is a very explosive running back, the all-time leader in NCAA college football history in terms of rushing yards, super explosive. So if you're going to bring up, uh, if you're going to move on from Tony Jones Jr. because his contract is practically nothing, uh, you you still have Samaj P. Ryan. You bring in Tyler Beatty with the explosive ability. You bring in Jaleel McLaughlin on the backside of the practice squad. You still don't know what Javante Williams is. Put him on uh, on the uh, the PUP list. Doesn't the best back available? make it in terms of a powerful running back isn't that leonard fournette like it is that a stretch to go in that direction or is it ezekiel elliott like that that's why this conversation is so much fun to have there's so many different layers to how this team is actually getting built throughout training camp leonard fournette could be the best back for this this broncos team because he's the only power back available i mean zeke's a power back in his best days. He's lost a lot of juice and he had a lot of yards after contact kind of thing going on there. So I'd say he's more, he's a power back as well. The question is, do you want a super diversify room? Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas somebody like Dalvin cook brings a different skill set, mm-hmm. or do you want to have redundancy to built in to protect yourself? Uh, if Javante Williams isn't the same, it's hard to say uh, right now. I think Dalvin cook is in my opinion, the best one on the market. But the one that I want is the one that is the cheapest in the last man standing. That's how that's, and that's comes back to my opinion on running backs. Yeah. So you, they're available. A lot of them are, there's still a lot of guys left. There's no reason to rush into it uh, at this point with so many available, the market is still out there. Uh, so, and also there's probably going to be more solid ones available. Once we go from 90 to what is it? 53, 55. I can't remember mm-hmm. what they changed yeah. the number. I'm not sure what it is anymore. Uh, but Fournette is certainly an option. And if you feel like Williams isn't healthy, you might be offering some low ball offers right now and if those guys sign great they're in but there's i think there's no reason to really push forward uh on that move just yet yeah i, I agree with that 100 like you don't need to go out and get a guy and i think that's a big reason why they haven't got out uh, gone out and got a, a kareem hunt to tell you the truth like like you said 
I don't know the guy's name, but the the former Toledo running backs coach when when Kareem Hunt was there in Toledo, uh, he's obviously here in Denver. They don't need to go and sign a guy right now. That we're 17 days away from training camp. Why would you bring somebody in right now that doesn't need to compete? Doesn't need to do it. Like this is the dead the dead period. They don't need him to be there right now. They need him to be there day one of training camp. I expect a move to be made probably three or four days into training camp. And I don't think it's going to be Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott. I think it's going to be Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Going to be interesting. I mean, maybe it's none of them. Maybe what Tyler Beatty does really well in that kind of scat mm-hmm. back small role. Maybe Javante Williams is exceedingly healthy. Like they mentioned. I mean, I'm still believing it when I see it, but I mean, modern miracle medicine, right? I, I guess. Um, also these people are, you know, aliens, freak athletes. Mm-hmm. So who knows, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll see The running game is going to be very important. I still believe most of it comes down to the offensive line and the scheme itself, uh, but uh, going to be interesting to follow. And uh, definitely if the Broncos have a good running game this year, they're going to have at least a competent offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of the running game and competency, KB82999 coming in saying, history question, if Clinton Portent, Portis doesn't get traded, where do you think your ratings all time uh, for Denver's running backs? Also projected stats. I have no idea about the projected stats, but I will say it's the, the nature of the running back position. See, how many more years did he have before he really fell off in Washington? One and a half, two? I mean, no, that probably no, it was, was coming. way more than that. It was way really good more years? than that. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had a, uh, let, let me pull it up really fast. Go ahead. Um, he had four or five good years with, uh, with Washington because when he was traded, he was only a third or fourth year player and he played for another four or five years for Washington. Okay. I don't remember exactly. I was pretty young <laughs> when they did that move, but I don't think he had the same level of uh, year by year statistics as he had in Denver. So, uh, oh, he still had some pretty good years out there. Not from the efficiency standpoint, you know, getting 1,300 yards, but on a 3.8 yards per attempt, a uh, big difference there compared to the 5.5 the year prior, but he probably would be a top mm-hmm. three running back for the Broncos all time, statistically speaking. And he would have been uh, better, but again, Mike Shanahan is the godfather of running backs don't matter. Uh, it's about the system. You find talented guys, you plug them in, you use them up, and then you let them go. And uh, that was an incredible move uh, to move on from Portis for uh, Champ Bailey. And I hope everything's okay with Portis. I know he's been in the news for like bankruptcy and like stuff with uh, somebody taking money from from him with some weird investment stuff. But uh, hope he's okay because he always seemed like an interesting, fun dude. I always loved the uh, the weird characters that he'd have in the interviews uh, when he played for Washington. I think that was a big reason actually why he got traded. I was talking with my father-in-law a while ago about that as I'm still trying to pull up his uh, stats on pro football reference, but uh, uh, no, I, dude was super talented. I mean, back to back 1500 yard seasons in the Mike Shanahan offense. Um, then ran, ran for, I think what, 1300 the year before he was traded. Um, I actually finally got it pulled up. Uh, he ran for uh, 1516 in 2005 uh, 523 yard, uh, yards in, in only eight games in 2006, but then at a 1200 yard and a 1400 yard season in 2007-2008. Like this dude was a yeah. very, very good running back. And if he was in Denver, it, it's it's always hard to have that conversation. You know, like where um where he would stand like all time. Yeah. But if he stays in, because what Mike Shanahan was the coach until 2008, so give him another three or four seasons under Mike Shanahan where he's averaging 1300, 1500 yards, he'd probably be the number one running back of all time in Denver history. Uh, as it stands right now, um, he's number, I think six or seven, I think in, in total Denver Broncos history. So uh, 
I, I love Clinton Portis. Like you said, the, the, the antics that he had in, in the, uh, um, in the interviews and stuff like that was super fun, super fast player, very good vision, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it, always a fun conversation to go back. I, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought there for just a second. So go ahead and let's, let's grab Ricky here, man. I'm, I'm losing it here. It's okay. Uh, the key is to have lost it before it started. Uh, Ricky Flores, love the mile <laughs> high huddle podcast. Been listening for years. Well, we love you, Ricky. Thank you for coming Thanks, in and Ricky. saying hello. We appreciate that. Also got our guy, Patrick Wiltsey coming in here saying, Aloha boys Would losing Peyton be the worst thing. Uh, probably not because I think the Sean Peyton would bring in a very competent person that he would trust and work with. And the dynamic is already uh, Sean Peyton in charge, making the final call. So mm. I don't know if it'd be the worst thing, but I think maybe the best thing is that this draft class and specifically like some of the question marks from last year's draft class all kind of show out. I mean, there's definitely an opportunity for Nick Benito to step forward. Greg Dulcich could become a guy. One of those interior defensive linemen, Mathis steps up and becomes a really good cornerback too. All these things, uh, you know, could really help uh, George Payton going forward. So uh, pivoting back to that, what is the next move that you have on your list there? Now that we're at uh, 41 minutes uh, for George Payton could do to protect his job. Well, a big part of this article I'm, I'm bringing to you guys is projecting what's going to happen moving forward. Obviously, the the 2021 draft class is, is the big one here. Quinn Miners is another big one. Uh, there's there's a lot of people out there right now. I know guys like uh, Joe Marino, Emery Hunt are, are super huge on um, uh, Duke Manyweather, who was his offensive line, uh, offensive line tutor, I want to call it, not coach, but offensive line tutor. Uh, Quinn Miners is a guy – who is like poised to have a breakout season at the offensive guard position. Um, another guy that we saw last season, and I, I don't know if it was George Payton that really made the move on this more so than it was Nathaniel Hackett, but they both were a part of the evaluation here. Uh, Greg Dulcich and Sean Payton is a guy like he already come out and he said that Greg Dulcich is going to play that Joker role. We don't know what that exactly means, but it's going to be like that hybrid tight end hybrid running back. Just try to isolate him in matchups. That's another big move. That's, in George Payton's cap right now, because you go out and you find an athletic specimen like like a Greg Dulcich, a guy who can line up all over the field. He may not be an inline blocking tight end, but he still at least shows the effort to be that guy. Maybe he can develop there. But the big, big one, and I think that this is probably the biggest one for George Payton um, in terms of the 2021 draft class, in terms of draft picks overall, is Baron Browning. What, what does Baron Browning look like? Because you're talking about a player that was a, a hybrid off-ball linebacker, hybrid edge defender at Ohio State, coming with injury concerns, now has, excuse me, more injury concerns going into this season with the with the arthroscopic knee surgery that he had uh, leading into uh, into OTAs. If Baron Browning can actually turn into something that can be more than just a rotational player, that's going to be a big, big feather in George Payton's cap because you have the disaster that is the Randy Gregory contract. Five years, $70 million, and you moved on from Vaughn Miller to do it, and you missed out on Chandler Jones, which in hindsight, Chandler Jones was probably not the best player to, to bring in either. But Randy, uh, Randy Gregory, that contract is an absolute disaster for the Broncos right now. They need him to be a player. And if he's not going to be Baron Browning is the next one to step up. And this is also a shout to Nick Benito. Nick Benito was one of the worst moves that George Payton made drafting Nick Benito at number 64, because this edge room is absolutely in shambles right now. Mm -hmm. Who's playing is the number three guy coming off the bench. Like Probably who, who, Cooper. Is, is it, and is that a good thing? 
I probably not. Like, <laughs> probably not. He's probably better as a four, and Frank Clark's probably like, better as a three, and Gregory's probably better as a two. Like it's all just down the line. This is a, not a very good defensive front. Uh, it's probably the weakest part of this whole team it, right now, no. in my opinion. Uh, entering this season, so yeah, it, yeah like, I concerned. It, it it's the edge position. It's the center position. You you you've failed to move on from Lloyd Cushenberry, and whether you wanted to trade up for. Uh, Ricky Stromberg, who Nick, I know you liked a lot. Uh, Joe Tittman, John Michael Schmitz. I know that the Broncos tried to move up for all three of those guys. Couldn't get it done. Uh, they tried to move up to go. Uh, well, they were targeting Matt Hennessy from Boston College a couple of seasons ago. And that, that was actually before they drafted Louis Cushenberry. I think that was a John Elway move. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. figure out a, uh, a a free agent center to come in. And then you have to rely on the last guy on your board in Alex Forsyth. Like, yeah. And he falls to you in the sixth round. The, the center position is just as bad as seventh the edge round. position. Yes, you're right. Excuse me, seventh yeah. round. So this this edge room, Randy Gregory is the guy that you brought in to be the guy. You're moving on from Von Miller. You had Bradley Chubb. You trade him, and you end up getting Sean Payton out of that, which is a net positive because Sean Payton is one of the greatest coaches we've seen in the last 20 years in the NFL. But – you bring in Frank Clark, who's an aging veteran who hasn't had multiple, uh, hasn't had double digit sacks in what five seasons now. Um, yeah. Baron Browning, who's a developmental edge prospect. Nick Benito, who's a developmental edge prospect as a rotational pass rusher only. You drafted with the top 64 pick. And then Jonathan Cooper is the most reliable guy you have on the roster right now that can actually stay healthy and be decent against the run. What are we doing here? This, this it's a, it, it's bad. It, it's bad yeah. all the way around. So sorry, I, it, I had to, I had to rant for a minute. Yeah, I mean the reality is they were a five win team last season, and you had yeah. limited draft capital, so they couldn't fix everything. And uh, I think the edge position specifically is probably number one on my list of most likely first round picks entry next season. Uh, we'll put quarterback yeah. in a box mm-hmm. for now because it's a totally different conversation and evaluation when we come to quarterback but uh edge is probably up there as number one and that's a position that'll be set up uh the broncos can make that move but this season the edge room combined with the defensive line is probably the thing that concerns me the most uh on paper the lack of depth the lack of talent uh there's some good guys on there but there's no really straw that stirs the drink so we'll be fun to see it always turns into a defensive line uh conversation with me but let's spin it to the other side of the defensive uh roster uh talking about cornerbacks savage boy comes in and said what are your thoughts on the rumblings about the top cornerbacks patrick scutana second ranked number first by from the players coaches executives etc sauce gardner was ranked number one with pff uh i'll take what the exec uh, executives and the players and coaches had to say with ps2 being number one that's not to take away from sauce gardner he was incredible if you want to put him at number one as well the ball production last year was unbelievable also uh mm-hmm. really good player I mean, I'm definitely biased, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be wrong to steal it from Scott. I'd probably take uh, the PS2 number one. Shout out also Tariq Woolen had an incredible year last season. Uh, Jerry Alexander's still incredible. Jalen Ramsey's lost his step, but uh, he's going to be really fun in Miami with uh, Vic Fangio and still pretty good. But uh, I think Patrick Sertan is the uh, the cream of the crop right now and uh, just incredible. And hopefully he can stay healthy because the next three to five years with him in Denver, assuming he stays here, should be pretty special from him. Yeah, I think a big thing that you're going to see with a big boost in Pat Sertan this year, and it's actually going to solidify him as the number one cornerback in the NFL, is him playing in press man coverage. Not that it was like the, the primary defense at Alabama, but that's what they ran a lot. They, they did run a lot of match quarters. It was cover two man. Uh, last season, we saw a lot of that with Ajiro Evero as well, cover two man. Um, but you're going to see him playing in press. He's not going to be playing off the ball, getting his long arms and his fluid hips 
underneath receivers and being able to turn and run with them. And then using that length and his physicality to really box guys out and be super productive against the ball. It's going to be fun to watch him this year in Vance Joseph defense, because what did we see from Xavier Howard? A few seasons ago with uh, with Vance Joseph calling the defense in Miami, I believe he had 10 interceptions. So Pastor Tan has more physical ability, more natural talent than Xavier Howard does have. And it, you put him in the right scheme, this this cover, this press cover man scene that we're going to see with Vance Joseph. It's going to be freaking awesome, guys. I'm, I cannot wait to break him down this year. Yeah, I'm excited to see him again. Bring it back, though coverage guys are only ever as good as their pass rush up front. And I'm curious to see how that all looks out. Mm-hmm. We got Jan coming in. Jan Fitz with the $10 super chat. Thank you so much, Jan. Hey, Jan. We appreciate you. That's amazing. Uh, you guys are killing it today with the comments, trying to keep up uh, with you as well while oh, yeah. running the show. It's uh, it's great to have so many people in here, but we have way more comments and eyeballs right now than thumbs up likes subscribes that have happened today. So if you could please uh, hit the thumbs up on the way in, we'd really appreciate that. Also make sure you're following Lance and I on Twitter uh, Lance, we got to keep it going here because uh, we're already at uh, 555 Pacific time where I'm at. The All-Star game is going on here in Seattle today. Uh, so I want to see what's going on there. But uh, give me a couple of reasons. Why is, what's a move that uh, George Payton can make to keep his job solidified in Denver? Oh, man. Um, Matt Ioannidis would probably be the one that I that I could point out. Uh, you need another three to five technique defensive lineman, a guy that can play on the interior in this rotation. You you've got to upgrade over uh, Matt Henningsen and Ayomo Wazirike. And while I think that Ayomo Wazirike has a ton of talent, um, especially as a pass rusher, he's a liability as a run defender. And while Matt Henningsen is a very good zero one two technique nose tackle as a run defender. He doesn't bring you any upside as a as a pass rusher. At least Matt Ioannidis does bring you that. And I'm, I'm going to give credit to Eric here on this one. Um, you're you're going to be able to get him on a a, a cheaper deal, two and a half million dollars, something like that, to just bring him in here and and bolster up this interior defensive line. I think that that's where this this defense really wants to tick. You know, you you, you need guys that can that can single gap. Uh, slant a little bit, open up some lanes for the A-gap pressures that uh, Vance Joseph likes to bring in terms of Drew Sanders rushing the A-gaps, Josie Jewell, your guy from Iowa, rushing the A-gaps as well as a blitzer. Uh, I think he had four and a half sacks last season, um, specifically as a a blitzer on the interior, B-gap, A-gap, stuff like that. So that's the one move that I think that you could take this defense to the next level and bolster up this this, uh, interior defensive line a little bit. Matt Ioannidis is probably the guy. Yep. What do you think, I mean, Dick? I'm, What's your thoughts? I would love Ionitis. I've mentioned him for months now on the show, but I'm also not against Shelby Harris for the versatility. I mean, he's just as a rotational okay. guy, that four eye and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think his f- first season in Denver was Vance Joseph's last as well. So just mm-hmm. having somebody in there that can come in and play that rotation and just improve upon like Jonathan Harris and who's uh, UK, <laughs> but uh, th- that's a concern for me. The defensive line depth is a major concern. And uh, how many more do you have here before we get on out? I think one more move that you have for the Broncos, or was that it? I got losing track. We should have made a graphic. <laughs> I, 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 it's all good. I, I think we covered pretty much the the five worst and five best. The uh, the the one best move, and I'm, I'm, I'll leave this for for everybody to kind of debate, and we'll get at you guys on Twitter. Uh, I, I think the one the the number two best move that George Payton did actually make was trading for Russell Wilson, and. I understand, you know, that last year wasn't great, but if that trade pans out, Russell Wilson plays great underneath Sean Payton, 
you can make an argument that, you know what, that was the one move that was like the highlight move of, of George Payton's career. And that will be enough to save his job was at least you brought a franchise quarterback to the Denver Broncos and put him back into relevancy to land on Sean Payton somehow. And he managed to get it done by being Brad, uh, Bradley Chubb, getting that first round pick, orchestrating the trade to get Sean Payton. But Russell Wilson is the one thing that can save George Payton's job. Yeah, I agree with you there. One move for me that I would add on here as the move that could help uh, further solidify and save uh, George Payton's job would be a an extension, a restructure, and a more financially uh, palatable contract going forward for Justin Simmons. Uh, Justin mm. Simmons has been extremely consistent on this team for a number of years. I mean, you put him up on the podium. He exemplifies the Bronco way work hard. I mean, you know, it's been a losing culture in Denver, but he's a safety. There's only so much he can do. I mean, last season, uh, the takeaways that he had, despite the limited uh, play playing through injury, he was never hundred percent last season as well. Uh, he's a contract that I think is pretty easy to restructure, making an extension and uh, something that long-term I, I, I think he should be here uh, long-term. I know there's some, talk of him not being as good as he's paid, but he's probably the best safety in football uh, right now. He's versatile as well. And I think he's somebody whose play style is also going to age gracefully. He's not somebody who totally depends Mm -hmm. on being explosive, twitched up, explosive athlete. He's a very intelligent player with great size and uh, instincts. And I think that ages well. Uh, So that's a move I would say that would help uh, further solidify George Payton standing in Denver. One quick question before we get out of here. I know we're, we're running long, but I, I want your opinion on this because I kind of have a, a different opinion as well. Uh, Garrett Bowles. What do you do with Garrett mm-hmm. Bowles moving forward? Uh, he plays one season, and then depending on how he plays, it's either a cut, trade, or extension as well. Uh, I can't imagine him playing on his contract that he's at here next year, uh, mm-hmm. but what it's at is uh, he was not very good last season, uh, just to be f- frank. I uh, struggled pretty mightily. I think the Broncos, there was some early talk uh, in the offseason that maybe the Broncos are at least interested in seeing what the market would look like for him. Uh, but if he plays well enough, maybe he's a trade guy. Maybe he plays poor enough. He's a cut guy. Or if he plays well enough, uh, maybe it's a extension that's similar to the Justin Simmons mold, but he is not as a solidified uh, player as uh, Justin Simmons. And again, this circles back to our, what is it? Negative 30 million against the cap yeah. uh, to start next season. Justin Simmons yeah. contract, Garrett Bowles contract. They're not playing on those. So. No, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's going to actually turn into a restructure renegotiation where he's going to end up being cut. He, he better play at a, a top five Pro Bowl, all pro level tackle level this season to actually be on this Broncos roster moving forward. So thank you. I'm glad we're in lockstep on that one. So go ahead and get us out of here, man. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Sorry we didn't get to every single comment on here. Hopefully I got it all to all the supers, but without uh, Scott here, I know I got it all to the YouTube ones. And uh, if that's how you guys want to follow us today, make sure you're following us on YouTube, Mile High Huddle. Also follow us on Facebook, of course, at uh, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you're on Twitter, make sure you're following us at uh, BTB Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. And of course, Lance and myself, Lance is at Lance S underscore MHH and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH again, shout out to Lance today for joining us. So we really do appreciate that. Shout out to all our superstar people that coming in today. Michael Ronquillo. I'm just going to assume Michael Lawrence Rivera also always coming in and on the YouTube side of thing. We got Troy, uh, Troy Bauer, David Meckelrath, Gary Palmer, KB 82 and Jan Fitz. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate that. Hopefully everybody has a great rest of your day. Lance again, shout out to you. Uh, Sending you uh, some good vibes out there in Montana. Hopefully, everybody have a better day tomorrow and a better week coming up here. 
And uh, you guys, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. As always, go Broncos. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos.